Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Black Menace podcast. I am your host, Rachel Weaver, and I'm here with my other host, Nate Bird. Happy to be on the show again. Um, Yes, every week. (laughs) So, um, we actually, if you are watching the video, we you'll see that we have a new location we are in that we are recording in now. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. The top secret Black Menace's studio bunker. <laughs> yes. So cool. We're moving up in the world just a little bit, but <laughs> slowly but surely. So Nate, do you want to start us off today with our Menace moment? Yeah, we got another Menace moment. We're super excited about it. Um, so this one actually came through a DM on Instagram. Um, if you have Menace moments that you want to share, be sure to send them to us through the, uh, uh, it's the our email account. It's blackmenacespodcast at gmail.com. But this comes from uh, one of our awesome followers on Instagram. She said, I had a conversation with my grandpa the other day. He had questions about why I believe black people should be given reparations. The best thing I could think of in the moment was to remind him that he received the GI Bill as a Mm. veteran that allowed him and his brother to get an education while black veterans were not given access to the GI Bill and how that alone impacted generations of opportunity and wealth in families all over the country. Period. He was blown away. He, li- uh, he lived then and didn't know this was being done. It was a small victory to me as he has much, much, much more to learn. Mm. People talk about slavery, missed opportunities, etc. as forever ago and therefore forever ago problems. But that's just not the case. And then she thanks us for what we're doing. Um, that. I love that. So I, I love that. Right? Yes. And that's what we mean by menace moment. It's mm-hmm. not. It doesn't have to be anything huge. Just the small and simple things, right? Where she was, she just pointed out to her grandpa, "Hey, this is something that you benefited from. That people who did the same thing as you didn't get the chance to benefit from, and that makes a difference. And that was enough to kind of like change the way he thought about that one particular thing. So anything that you can do to just have like a little bit of a difficult conversation, anything you can do to just take it that much mm-hmm. further. That's a menace moment, and yeah. we want to hear about them. Mm-hmm. Or just not taking the easy way out, right? Because I bet the easy way out would have been like, that's just, you know, my grandpa acting old, being the way he is, and just kind of moving on from it. Mm-hmm. Um, which is sometimes how I get, especially with people that, you know, I've had similar conversations with several times. But that's what a true menace is, is always standing up and trying to educate in the little or big ways that they can. So shout out to you. Thank you. Amen to that. Okay, so today we have some questions that we're answering that we have gotten in the email. And again, if you guys have questions about anything that you're curious about, questions about us or things going on in your life, email us at the email, which is blackmenacepodcast at gmail.com. So this question is subject, questions from a white boy. (laughs) I just thought that was so funny. (laughs) I had to share it. Um, But this person said, I'm trying to figure out where to start because they said a lot of things. Okay. Okay, they said, this is going to make me uh, feel dumb that I have to ask, but when addressing POCs, specifically African-Americans, I've used African-American most of the time. Recently, I have been corrected um, when talking to some friends from Trinidad that they are not African-American. I don't know what language to safe what language to safely use without offending. I don't want to say the wrong thing. Do I just refer to them as my black friend? I'm from Atlanta and have used African-American my whole life. So referring to someone who is black, um, yeah. Sorry if this question is weird or unnecessary. No, this is a great question. And this is a very common question. Nate, do you want to start us with anything? Yeah, so I got to preface this one with a story, right? So growing up, uh, I was in a third grade 
And I was a little, I was a weird kid, right? I was real weird, real I, awkward. I wanted to see weird Nate. Listen, no, you didn't. <laughs> I was, well, that's a story for another time. Okay. I, 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 <laughs> I growled at a girl once in computer lab. No. I was a weird kid. Okay, that we'll, is we'll weird. We'll talk Not about growling. that another time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so in the third grade, there was this kid. I was friends with him. He was from Turkey. Um, and he, it was funny because he had a full mustache in the third grade, right? Ooh. Just a hairy little boy. Yep. But we were friends. We would hang out. We would play whatever. And um, <laughs> one time we were sitting at lunch and we were talking about something. I don't even remember what the subject was. And uh, this kid was like, you know, we were joking around. I was like, oh, such and such and such and such. You're from Turkey. And he's like, well, you're black. And he didn't say it in a mean way. We were like joking. We were laughing. But I'm he said, you're black. This is going. <laughs> and in my head, I thought that was racist. And so I like looked at him. I stopped and looked at him. And then I just turned my back on him. And I shunned him, right? Oh, my gosh. And I, <laughs> he did <laughs> no, nothing wrong. You caught me black. <laughs> How dare you? And then I refused to talk to this boy, this poor boy. Oh, and he was so sad. He was sobbing. He was crying oh. tears. And so like, this, was, this, this was during lunch, right? Nate. So we came back from lunch. <laughs> And uh, I was just like, I was upset with him because I thought that being called black was racist. Um, I, I guess I couldn't, I didn't even understand racism at the time, but I just thought that being called black was like a bad thing, right? It was wrong. And uh, so, yeah, he was so sad. He was crying, just like full on sobbing, snot coming down his face and everything. And then the the teacher, I love this teacher. He was a dope teacher, Mr. Call. It, Mr. Call, if you hear this, hit me up. <laughs> but <laughs> he, uh, he pulled us aside. He's like, yo, why are you crying? And, um, you know, this kid explained it. So I don't want to give his name out. I don't know. It probably doesn't matter. But um, he just asked him why he was crying. He's like, well, they won't talk to me. And I was like, he called me black. And Mr. Call, I'm, I don't know. I wanted, I wish I could know what was going through his head at this time. Miss, sure wait, what's his race? Mr. Call was a white man. Okay. Yeah, dope white man. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I wish I could know what was going through his head at the time. But I think he tried to like. I think he tried to explain that it wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but I, he couldn't really get that into my like little, you know, nine year old, ten year old head. Um, and so then, you know, going home, I, I think I like partially. We partially resolved it or whatever. He stopped crying, and we kind of like you know hugged and made up or whatever. But then going home, my mom picked me up from school, and she's like, "How was your day?" And I was like, "Well." I lost a friend. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was called black. <laughs> he called me black, and then my mom was like, "That's not a bad thing." Like, I'm like you are black. <laughs> you are black. I was like, "Wait, what?" And so she explained to me. And so the next day, you know, we go back. We're best of friends again, right? Oh my god! But um, I think about that that often because now that's what I prefer to be called as black, right? Yeah. Um, there's nothing wrong with with saying with African American, but the thing is, I feel like African American takes away from people who are actually african-american meaning um their families came from africa more recently and then you know they they live in the united states um because the term african-american was coined or made popular i guess by reverend jesse jackson like back in the 70s or 80s um when he was he ran for president and uh he 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 came up with that term and said, "Oh, you know, black people. We need to call ourselves African Americans because our heritage, our you know, is is in Africa." It was during kind of that Black Liberation Movement, and so that became the term for quite a while. And it's, I guess it's more considered the politically correct term, but mm-hmm. I find that I prefer to be referred to as just a Black American because although my roots are in Africa, I've never been to Africa. I know nothing about Africa. 
um, other than you know what I what I read about or watch on TV or or hear from people that I know who are from there. And so for me to consider myself an African American when the only place that I've ever called home or known is the United States, it feels um, a little bit odd to me. And so it, it kind of depends on who you talk to. Yeah. But um, there's nothing wrong with saying either black or African American. So I'm going to give you a quick um, sociology lesson real quick, you know, bringing in my knowledge from my major. (laughs) Okay, so there's a difference between what we're talking about here. It's a difference between ethnicity and race. So race is pretty much race is determined by what people perceive you as. Right. So you can be ethnically one thing, but racially another. Right. Like there are people who are racially white, but they are ethnically Hispanic or Latinx or whatever because they have ethnic um, backgrounds from other places, but they appear to be white, which is your race. And um, your race is really placed upon you by other people. Like you don't get to choose your race. You don't get to like say, oh, I'm going to opt into choosing to be perceived as white or I'm going to opt in to be perceived as black or whatever it may be or Asian even, right? Um, And then um, sorry, your ethnicity is your culture. And that is something that you can voluntarily choose to be a part of, right? Like, example, white people who are from other European countries, right? If you're German, you are racially white, but ethnically, you're German. And so there are German cultures and traditions that you get to choose, right, if you want to participate and be a part of. And so although your race is one thing, your culture is totally different. And so the same thing um, can be said with Afro- with black people. And so most um, races have different sub ethnicities right like um asian people for example someone can be asian asia anyone who's asian racially can be the whole continent of asia but how many cultures ethnicities um are within that whole uh racial category right and so with black people uh everybody who appears black i mean who looks black and has African origins of some sort, they are black and you can refer to them as black. It is actually safer to refer to people as black because most of the times you don't know someone's ethnicity unless you really know, like know them personally. So when Mm. I'm referring to a group of black people, no matter what, I don't know their ethnicity. I'm just going to say black because that's safer. Now, when you know someone's ethnic group, that's when you can maybe be more specific and say like your friend, they are not African-American. African-American, like Nate said, is the term that's been coined for black people who are from America who don't necessarily know their African roots. Now, I have friends who are, um, their parents are, you know, immigrants from other African nations and they're like second generation here. So I have friends who are like Nigerian, Ghanaian, Kenyan, um, but they are Nigerian Americans, Ghanaian Americans, because their ethnicity is whatever country they're from, but they're also American. Um, and so that's how you can refer to people like that. Uh, that was a lot of information, but I feel like it's very valuable and explains the whole situation. And people just need to stop being afraid to call people black. I think that that's what it is. People are afraid. They think it's politically incorrect, but it's actually incorrect to refer to someone as African-American. And they could be whole they're from Trinidad. They could be from Jamaica. They could be, I don't know. They could be from so many other places. And then that's worse than calling someone black. That's my two cents on the issue. That's the scholarly little uh, lesson there on the situation. <laughs> I love it. That's good. That's cool. I, I hadn't really thought about that. So I guess my wife, she, so she, her family is all from Liberia. Mm-hmm. So she would be considered Liberian American, mm-hmm. right? But not necessarily African American. Yeah. And I think a lot of, 
I think this is a question that's going around the black community right now, at least mm-hmm. with black Americans from what I've seen. Like Nate was kind of talking about, he prefers to be referred to as black American. My brother is the same way. Me personally, I identify as African American because I think for me personally, there's a lot of issues um, with blackness and like trying to label black as being American because black the race black is becoming so diverse in America that I feel like that's it's not fair to other ethnic groups. Me, this is how I feel, to label black as equally an American, right? That's why I'm like, you have to say black Americans if you do refer to yourself that way because coming to BYU, I've met so many black people who are not African-American. And I did not know that there were so many different types of black people until I came mm-hmm. to college. And so for me, I'm like, I'm African-American. You are whatever, right? Like there's a lot of Haitian people who... Um, go to BYU too, like black people, right? So they're Haitian, they're not African-American. And so I think since what is included in black is expanding and like black culture, to me it's like black American culture or African-American culture. That's very separate from Ghanaian culture, Haitian culture, whatever, or, you know, if you're from the islands or something. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah, and this is something, I don't even know where it came from, but there's like a fear surrounding saying the word black yeah there is and there's like a a weird little i don't even know what to call it but there's some kind of weird taboo around white people saying the word black to the point where every time they say it it just sounds weird coming out um like i remember for instance when when we did interviews uh with like fox news Mm -hmm. you know like local fox channels and like abc 13 or whatever all those different channels KUTV. Um, flex us real quick <laughs> yeah you know how to check google us yeah. <laughs> you feel me but um <laughs> but i remember when we were doing those interviews and i would watch them on on tv or like watch them on youtube or whatever the way they would say byu's black menaces and they always say black so like weird yeah i'm just like i don't know it just feels no, like it's a fear yeah in there's white, definitely among mm-hmm. white people there's definitely a fear around saying that uh and maybe at one time there was a taboo surrounding saying the word yeah, black. Yeah, I think because, it was. Yeah, there was a movement to say African American. I think that's mm-hmm. what we've grown up with. But now that's changing because we're trying to be more inclusive of all ethnicities. Um and so black Americans refer specifically to uh, black people who are from America. So yeah. don't have don't don't be afraid to say black. It's not offensive. Nope. It's not a bad thing. I mean because now yeah. every one in five black people are immigrants or have immigrant parents mm-hmm. like two generations away. So it's becoming very diverse black air like the racial group of black all right so black is quickly becoming the more appropriate term until you get to know someone's ethnicity and then you can you know if you want to refer to them as haitian american or nigerian american or irish american scottish american english right. american whatever and yeah. um and also yeah it's like nate said it's a every black black american african american has different feelings about what they want to be referred to as i know lots of black americans who don't want to be referred to as african american because they don't feel connected to their african roots which is fine like i respect i understand it so i think that that's also important to note that it even varies among (laughs) african americans Mm -hmm. how they feel about it now with that in mind do be careful in what context you use the word black because um for example, there's a video, it's an old video that's floating around on the internet where this kid was in line at a you know a fast food restaurant or something like that and the guy was in front of him, it was a black man in front of him. And for some reason, he he had made him upset. And so this white kid was like, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna say the N-word, you freaking black guy. And then the guy picked him up and like threw him over the, the fast food counter. It's a hilarious video, so oh, check it out. I have seen this. But um, the way in which he used it there, obviously that was hostile. So, you know, 
as long as you as long as you have good intentions, you're good. Just yeah. don't use it with hostile intentions. I mean, not trying to. I mean, mm. are you racializing them in a negative way? You know, right, is right, it right. because of identification purposes, or are you trying to, like the way he was saying it was obviously negative. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You said it better. Oh, <laughs> stop! I'm just. <laughs> I got on my little sociology teacher's assistant mm. voice and my brain has just kept going because caught upon the power of the no degree. literally also shout out to rachel graduating what next week yeah yes, ma'am. applause applause <laughs> all right nate you want to take us away with our second question yeah. for today let me pull it up here which one was it the hold on oh yep no oh not that one Okay, got oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Okay, so uh, this person says, we're just going to keep it anonymous. This person said, um, they're a former member of the church, and they appreciate the light that we have shed on some of the more problematic and harmful LDS teachings. Um, and then it says, I'm skipping through, skipping through. They just, just okay, the, so basically, the they just, yeah, basically, they just asked, have we engaged much with Mormon apologetics, and what are our thoughts on the Midnight Mormons? Um, hmm. I had to, to be honest, I had to Google the Midnight Mormons. Me too. I, I don't. I hadn't heard I of them. Know what that is, right? And then when I Googled them, I didn't find much. I found a Twitter account, a YouTube account. Um, essentially, the Midnight Mormons are a group of. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. Mormon intellectuals, I suppose they they argue the finer points of doctrine in the church, and um, I guess debate some of those points, and then debate some of the. I guess anti-Mormon um, things that people that people say, or like th- mm-hmm. issues that people have with the church, they kind of debate or uh, they're, they're apologetics, but they say they're not apologetics. I don't really know how to explain it, but basically they kind of debate the finer points of doctrine in the church mm-hmm. and all that kind of that stuff. That people normally use as reasons for why right, the church right, isn't right. true. Mm-hmm. Um, I have not had very much interaction with the midnight Mormons. I don't, really know i've never seen their content or listened to it Mm -hmm. um and so as far as having an opinion on them i don't i don't really have an opinion maybe i'll formulate one in the future um but to me it's just y'all do what you want to do we'll do what we want to do and as far as engaging with apologetics no um because our job is not to debate anyone or challenge anybody's um you know, beliefs, unless of course they are incorrect or deny someone's humanity. In that case, that is our job to challenge those. But uh, yeah, I mean, we don't we don't spend time arguing the points of, of of LDS doctrine or anything like that because that's not our focus, and we're not um, we're not associated with the church or with BYU or anything like that in any way. We're independent of all of that, and our goal is just to spread awareness, facilitate difficult conversations, and create change at predominantly white institutions. Yeah, and also um, our content isn't um, cornered, what's the word? It's not limited to just LDS issues or issues within the LDS church. Yes, that is some of the content we make and we talk about, but, you know, just like this question we just had before this, that that has nothing to do with the church, right? That has everything to do with just race and people. And so, um, yeah, and also my personal opinion on just like apologetics and all of that is... Um, I grew up in my home ward on the south side of Chicago. It's a lot of very intellectual people in the church. So, like, University of Chicago, it's, like, the law school is, like, number three. The business school is, like, tied number one with Harvard. 
very intellectual people come to my ward to get their um, degrees, like their um, post-grad degrees. And so those are the people that I kind of learned the gospel from. That's Those are my teachers in seminary. Those are my young women's leaders. Those were my everything, Sunday school teachers. And so I think I kind of know a lot of people who like apologetics, like people who are really intellectual in the church like that. Sometimes they need apologetics to kind of make the church make sense almost when they have questions. And so I've actually listened to a lot of content, read content from apologetics, and I don't dislike it. I just think that um, sometimes apologetics are too caught up on the details and less about people's experience. Um, like I got into an argument <laughs> I did a couple weeks ago with a friend, not a week ago, like months ago. And we we're talking about like the church and being black and they were just saying all types of crazy stuff that at the end of the day, no matter what he was saying, it doesn't matter if I, as a black person walk into a ward and I'm the only person. Okay. So it doesn't matter how much stuff you try to come up with or why this is true. Why that isn't true. And he did it then and he did it now. At the end of the day, I go into award and I'm the only black person and people are culturally deaf in the church so all this other stuff you're saying really doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. but that's just my personal opinion they're not bad I think I just don't they're sometimes defending stuff that they can't really defend yeah that's very true and that's what it comes down to some things you can argue all you want but it's just wrong at the end of the day so yeah. that's as much as we're gonna say on that mm-hmm. also I figured out this question so it's in two parts it's two different emails from the same person. That's why it didn't make sense. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So we're going to read this question too, because this is, I think this is a really good one. Um, so this person says, I recently moved and I feel like a lot of people in my new ward are a little too religious. Uh, I also recently found out that I am asexual and I don't know what they'll think of me. My older sister is the only one I've told and she treats me no different than she did before. But I don't know if that will be the case for everyone, especially the other people in my ward. And for those of you who don't know, a ward in the uh, in the Mormon church is basically just a congregation based on like geographical location. So however many um, members of the LDS church there are within a certain geographical region, they make up one congregation called a ward. Um, so she's saying she doesn't know um, how to feel about this situation or how you know how people will treat this person. Um, and so they say, how does one cope with being around people who are constantly, unknowingly insulting people oh. like myself and my friends? Right. It makes okay. Sense we had <laughs> this question was sent in two emails, and we were uh-huh. we were looking at it for so long, like we were not understanding. Oh, okay, yeah. now I get it. Ooh. So basically, there's a this per, this person has a part of themselves that they feel that they can't share with mm-hmm. everyone, uh, and they go to church and they experience. Um, a lot of, I guess, microaggressions or treatment that does that makes them feel unwelcome, right? And so the question is, and these people don't know that this person yeah, is a part of mm-hmm. said community, right? And they're making comments or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. And so they're trying to. F- so this person is asking, how do you cope with people who who are doing and saying things that kind of are insulting to you and may not realize it? Mm. And I think that um, that is a tough one very tough because you know you don't want to fault them but at the same time you kind of have to because you know the, the way that people there are a lot of people who when when something affects them it changes the way that they see the world i know mm-hmm. that was definitely true for me and a lot of things uh, when when something began to affect me um, that's when i kind of thought about it more often 
when it became more important in my life. And I'm trying to get to a point where that's not the case, where things that are important to other people can also be important to me Mm -hmm. without it having to affect me. But that's not the case for a lot of people. And so in this instance, I think that there has to be a level of compassion. There has to be a level of respect, but there also has to be a level of awareness of self. And you have to kind of gauge, okay, who can I be around who I have, you know, who I know or feel is going to accept me for who I am, Mm -hmm. who I know and feel is going to uh, not judge me, you know, based on on who they believe me to be, but rather judge me on on who I am, right? I mean, it sounds like for this person, they told their older sister and their older sister was someone that they could trust. And obviously that paid off because this person doesn't treat them any differently. Um, But yeah, I think as far as coping goes, Man, that's tough. I, yeah. You got anything to say about that one? No, I mean, I I just don't have any personal experience because I feel like all of my experiences that I've had have been pretty, like, you know, what I identify, like, my what I identify with with any of my marginalizations is very obvious. Like, I'm a woman and I'm black. Um, I think, I think it's really hard, especially in the church, because um, there's just, yeah. There's certain things that uh, are just more difficult. And, yeah, I, I don't have any advice. I'm so sorry. Mm, okay. Nate, yeah. do you? I'm like, I should have prepared more for this question. So uh, let me think about this one. So like Rachel said, the way that we walk through the world is very different. It's not mm-hmm. something that we can necessarily hide. I can't hide the fact that I'm a black man. Rachel can't hide the fact that she's a black woman. Um and so those things, it becomes very obvious what people think of us or how they feel about us um, in a lot of situations. And microaggressions are... are and are, they can't, like, hide if they mm-hmm. don't like a black person or they don't understand something. Right. It's it, like, it's, we see it. Yeah, it's oh, very gosh. visible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's different because, you know, the way that somebody feels about a member of the LGBTQ community can change really quickly if, mm-hmm. if it's someone that they know. Unfortunately, in a lot of instances... Uh, that's not the case. And the, the thoughts and the, the ideas that they have beforehand remain the same. Um, man, as far as coping with that goes, I think you really just have to be very careful who you who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And just make sure that you get to know the people that are around you and kind of figure out who is who is most likely to accept you for who you are. And, you know, those things will come out in, in other things. You know, the things that they say. Uh, whether it's about the LGBT community or whether it's about um, other marginalized communities, will tip you off. Um, the way that they just treat individuals in general, when people are very genuine, it's always, you can always tell, right? When someone's just a genuine, good person, uh, that always comes out in the way that they act. And so I think uh, really just kind of being careful who you surround yourself with is probably the best advice I can give you. And um, yeah, just don't surround yourself with with negativity focus on positive things surround yourself with positive people and if that means um i mean this could be tough for some people to hear but if that means separating yourself from your ward maybe finding a better ward or um, just finding a different congregation to meet in that makes you feel more welcome more accepted Mm -hmm. then that's very important because going somewhere where you don't feel welcome uh, is detrimental to your mental health, your emotional mm-hmm. health, and it can even be detrimental to you know your physical and spiritual health too. So um, be sure to just surround yourself with as much positivity as possible to kind of ward off uh, the the negative effects of of people around you. Yeah, and I think for me, I'm with Nate. Protect your peace. Protect you because at the end of the day, like you need to 
be okay with taking space for yourself because you need to protect you at all costs. I look back at my time at BYU and in the church, and I think a lot of the times I put myself in situations where I felt like I had to be there when I really didn't, and that it's just not necessary. That pain is not needed, and if you can, um, always be aware of what you're feeling and what you're going through and move accordingly. Um, like what Nate said, that, that's the biggest piece of advice I can give because at the end of the day, you matter, your health matters, your peace matters, and going to said congregation or to said church where people are making you feel like you can't be you and you're afraid to communicate about who you are to them because of that, that's not healthy either. So, yeah, and that, that takes balance and that takes time to figure out too. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> That's all we have for today, guys. That's it. Um, make sure to send us any questions you have uh, at the email, blackmenacepodcast at gmail.com, because we would love to answer any questions for you. And be sure to check out the description on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all those different podcast platforms, because they'll tell you what the email is, too, because we mess it up every single time. We do. But, uh, yeah, be sure <laughs> to send us your menace moments and any questions that you might have. And uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Yeah, our main platform. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, don't forget to, if you want, sign up to, to the Patreon, um, the Menace Society. We are posting a lot more on there, and we do have exclusive content and exclusive discounts. Mm-hmm. And if you're a member of the Menace Society, shoot us an email. Let us know what you want to see in there because we are still learning. Believe it or not, we're still very new to this. We started in February, right? And this podcast has been going. We're on episode 10. That's crazy. crazy to think about, honestly. But that's still just two and a half months. So we're very yeah. new to all of this and we need y'all's help to uh, to make it what you want it to be mm-hmm. and what we want it to be. So yeah, be sure to hit us up. And uh, with that, never forget. Always be a menace. Always. See you guys next week. Outro music fading away. Mm-hmm.